You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we help you make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your everyday life. I'm Phil, and today... I am really excited to be going in a little bit of a different direction than we normally do for our interview episodes in that today we are bringing on an author and an illustrator of a children's book called The O in Hope. So we have Lucy Shaw, who is a poet, and Ned Bustard, who is an illustrator, a graphic designer, an artist, and more. Now, before we dig into that conversation, which was a lot of fun, I just want to share a little bit about what we are up to here at Rua Space. Now, we recently started spiritual direction, which is a space where we look together one-on-one into your own story, exploring where God has spoken in the past and helping to discover ways to tie deeper into how God is speaking in your life today, where the spirit is moving. We talk about spiritual disciplines and much more. So if that's something that you may find helpful, you can find a link in the description below to set up a free call to talk about what that might look like for you. And then also friends, if you've been blessed by the Rua Space podcast, we would love if you would consider joining us over on Patreon, where for just a few dollars a month, you can help support the ministry as well as gain access to exclusive live events, really fun series that we do, guided practices, and more. So you can find all of that at the description below. You can also find a link to the book, The O in Hope, which we are talking about today. So without further ado, friends, here is my conversation with Lucy Shaw and Ned Bustard. Lucy and Ned, welcome to the Rua Space podcast. Such an honor to get to speak to you both at the same time. I'm hoping we can sort of just kick things off with some short introductions. So Lucy, can you share a little bit for our audience who you are and how you spend your time? Well, I have been a poet ever since I was a little child. And I used to write little poems and put them in my dad's coat pocket and he would carry them uh, and show all his friends. <laughs> and, you know, he loved that I would do that. And, uh, you know, in, in high school, my, I was terrible with, with uh, scientific subjects like math, but I was always good with words. And uh, my teachers encouraged that. And then when I went to Wheaton College, uh, I declared an English major and I had some of the best teachers and mentors uh, that a woman could possibly have. Uh, And that sort of uh, set me uh, on a particular direction of life. Um, My husband and I started a publishing house. We lived in Wheaton and we started to publish poetry by people of faith, but that was serious poetry. It wasn't just hymns and rhyming verses um and and uh you know that sort of uh gave me a sense of where our civilization is where our christian community is and we were able to appeal to uh, a wide variety of readers and we published some of the best poets of faith and we also published madeline langle who became my closest friend. We were best friends for 35 years. Oh, wow. In each other's lives. Uh, so that she was a, a terrific encouragement to me and vice versa, I think. So 
Yeah. So I, you know, I wrote this this poem. I've done um, three books of poems with Paraclete Press uh, in Massachusetts. It's a wonderful bunch of publishers and people, and it's a community. Uh, it's a community of Jesus, and they're all committed to following their their uh, calling uh, in that community. So. That's yeah, quite, that's so that's quite... the beginning. And they published my book, The Generosity. And in that book, there was a poem. <laughs> and Ned, do you want to take it from there? <laughs> that poem? <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, just to introduce myself, I, my name is Ned Bustard. I'm an uh, artist, graphic designer. I have an art gallery. I'm a creative director for a book publishing company. I do a lot of different things. But today I'm here as as an illustrator. Uh, yeah, the the poem, The Owen Hope, uh, I guess if you go back in, in this context, the most important thing is my wife and I are huge fans of Lucy Shaw. And that's really where all this comes from. Uh, we started reading Lucy's poetry and books in the uh, mid nineties, I think. And it just has really formed and formed our, our life and our thinking in, in many ways and, and uh, encouraged us uh, and encouraged us in, in our art making. And um, as I said, we've been reading her poetry for a long time. My wife is just loves her uh, poems. And one day just said, oh, there's this new poem I need to read to you. I just saw by Lucy Shaw. I said, by all means, read away. And it was the Owen Hope. And uh, after she read it, uh, we looked at each other and said, this really should be a kid's book. Like it just really is. That's the way it, it's set up. Um, I don't know. It's the way it struck us that it was just, there was just so much uh, generative material in there. And uh, I've, I've done a couple kids books. I've got um, the, the Bible history ABCs and a, a few other things that I've done. But uh, don't do a lot of kids books, though, you know, that, that is the dream job for someone like me. And uh, so but I was just so struck by this poem that I uh, just felt the need to start making it into a kid's book. So I I started messing around with different different approaches. Uh, folks who might know my work usually have seen um, I do a lot of uh, printmaking, lino cuts. And, and there's a book called Every Moment Holy that I did that. If uh, I find if people know who I am, it's because of that. And I, I thought that this was my normal approach was the exact opposite of what this poem needed. And so I worked a long time on it, uh, kept showing different preliminaries to my wife. And she kept saying, no, that's not for Lucy. And, uh, <laughs> and eventually we arrived at the uh, kind of the collage cut paper Matisse kind of thing that that we ended up doing with the book. Yeah, it's a very unique style. I, I think that's a really kind of cool, creative way to go about it. And I really love the story of how this came together because it seems so organic from start to finish. I mean, Lucy, my understanding is you didn't even set out to write this poem. It sort of just created itself. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's the way it just felt like it was. I was just speaking out something that was inside me and writing it down and I didn't make do a lot of uh, fooling around with it. It was that was pretty much what it was, and I, you know, it's so uh, 
the English language is, is so fluid and so wonderful in terms of uh, presenting us with words that also clue in, uh, you know, um, our mental uh, understanding uh, and, and our vision, that they're visionary words, words that uh, pro project an image in your eyes. So this, I, you know, I don't even realize, I don't even remember exactly how I wrote this poem. It just sort of came out and, uh, and then it got published in my book, The Generosity. And then, you know, the rest is history. Um, Ned saw it, uh, thanks to Leslie for pointing it out. Uh, and then um, I, I'm trying to remember how it happened. Ned, do you remember? Uh, you sent me uh, a series of these cut paper illustrations. And then I did I respond to you? Um, it's sort of. Uh, yeah, you know. the, uh, it actually, the, you know, you mentioned about not remembering how the poem happened. I think yeah. uh, even though this wasn't long ago, it's all becoming murky in my mind as well. But uh, after <laughs> making the, the book, I sent it to you and uh, and you sent it off to InterVarsity Press because you had uh, relationships with folks there having done some books. And uh, first, but I didn't know this, that all of a sudden I see an email in my inbox that says uh, uh, InterVarsity Press is, is secretly working away at making a <laughs> kid's line. And would it be okay if this book was part of that series and mm -hmm. uh, they were asking for permission, which I thought was hilarious because of course I want it to be <laughs> published. <laughs> and, uh, and I've, I've been so blessed over the years by uh, InterVarsity Press and, and the books that they've generated that it was, it was an honor to be uh, involved. And certainly I love the, I, I was involved with two church plants. I love the whole entrepreneurial, you know, on the, on the, the ground floor of things. So to be part of the launch of this, this brand was uh, very exciting for me. Yeah, so one of the questions I have then for each of you, because you know, art and poetry and illustration, it is bringing something out of, you know, either out of nothing or out of sort of raw material that's kind of already there. Ned, my question for you, and then I'll also ask the same thing to Lucy in a slightly different way, is when you, when you read this poem, what specifically moved in you to say this is the one that should be illustrated? Because it sounds like based on your wife wanting to read a poem to you, that must not be an out of the blue thing. That must be, oh, a, no, to no, me, no. a regular occurrence. So how did you say, oh, this is the one I should now focus on? Was it a feeling? Was it a sense? What, what sort of spoke to you to say, yeah, this is the one I need to go deeper with? You're right. Uh, we we do read uh, Lucy's poetry a lot, or uh, we're big fans of Malcolm Geith. We read his work a lot in our home. Uh, in in a, I guess kind of a freak homeschool way. We we actually have raised our children. We'll be sitting around the dinner table and sharing poetry that we like. And uh, so yeah, that wasn't unusual, though it might be unusual for some. Uh, the what grabbed me about this poem, and like I said, we've been listening and reading. Lucy's poetry for years have have included it in, in Christmas cards and all sorts of things, but it was the it was the playfulness of this poem and um, it 
it's such a visual poem as well. She's she's talking a lot about um, you know, these different different ideas, but they all keep coming back to the same central theme of the O and the those sounds that it it just had a uh, I don't know a, a different aspect to it than her other work. Um, not good, better or worse. It's just she was going in different ways than normally uh, her work does. It, um, yeah, I guess it was the playfulness. Uh, I'm not giving you a very straight answer for that, but it, it, I guess okay. that's part of the, the mystery of it all. It was just, it was just um, kind of, I in, in one way, like if you're sitting upstairs in your house and the smell, I mean, we're getting close to Thanksgiving, the smell of the turkey comes upstairs and you have to respond. You say, well, my, you know, there's salivation going on in my mouth. I have to go downstairs. I have to make sure I get some of the, the stuffing. And I think that that was kind of the feel with this poem is that I couldn't help myself. I had to respond. Mm. Well, I, I like that you were tied into that sense though, because especially nowadays, we live in a world that's often so black and white and so formulaic. And I like that you use the word mystery, because I think when it comes to things of the faith and tying in deeper, you know, the, as you said, oh, maybe I'm not giving a clear answer, but you are expressing something that is maybe beyond uh, being able to just put into basic words. Art seems to sort of invite that. And, and Lucy, I'm wondering if that was your sense as well as you were writing it, because poetry, you know, it's not about math formula. It seems to be creation out of uh, chaos, out of nothing. Out of practically, yeah, out of practically nothing. Well, you know, I love the fact that we do worship a God who is a creator. And the very word poema means to create. So I feel as if this is the... This is the course that God has assigned to me. Uh, but the poem itself, I wonder, I've often wondered if I took a different vowel instead of O, uh, would, would it flow the same way? This just came together with hardly any work at all. Mm. It was, uh, and uh, you know, <laughs> the English language is pretty rich in, in terms of sounds and uh, words, so I, I probably could have written another poem that had the, the letter A in it, <laughs> and then I'd send it to Ned and see what he would do with that. <laughs> but I think the key person in this whole process was Rachel McKendry at, uh, at uh, uh, Paraclete Press, who was the one who put it, uh, made the connection and said, I just heard that InterVarsity is doing a line of books for kids. I think this would work for them. So that's, and then we sent it off together and they liked it. Yeah. And, and I hardly had to make any changes at all because uh, this, is, this is a book that's supposed to be read by parents teach, or teachers and kids. So it needs to be read aloud in order for the message to get through. And of course, most poetry uh, benefits by being read aloud. Anyway, uh, it's, it's not meant to lie flat on the page, silent. It's supposed to be in the air, speak, spoken through the air. So um, uh, we, 
made a few changes that would make it a little bit easier for teachers or parents to uh, communicate the message to the kids. But of course, the whole idea of the poem was that it was sort of winding up to a climax in the name of God with the O in the center of that name of, of deity. Mm. So um, we, uh, you know, we went, it was a seamless process in a sense. The poem came very easily. Um, Ned did a wonderful job. Uh, he saw something in it. And then we just set it up and they loved uh, varsity loved it. And I love InterVarsity because I've done three, three other books with IVP, uh, yeah. adult books. Yeah. Uh, and I've worked with Cindy Bunch and some of the other wonderful people at IVP. And, uh, and my dad was a board member of InterVarsity Press when, way back when it started. So, <laughs> oh, interesting history connection there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, I love how the, the poem centers around O, of course, but you're sort of engaging it from all these different angles, from the sound of it to the shape of it to the location of O in different words. So it's sort of just a, an all around exploration because you go into certain animals that have an O, you go into love, as you mentioned, you go into God, the, the sound we make when we see something beautiful. When you wrote this poem, Lucy, did anything sort of jump off the, the page to you? Like, oh my goodness, that just came out of me. And that, that really brings up a feeling of something. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's like something that's rising up within you that needs to be recognized and needs to be taken seriously. And Ned, in your creative process, I'm sure that's true. You don't immediately know exactly what you want to do, but you allow the, the, the words or your you allow the images to do their work. It's like a pot boiling within you um, uh, to, to uh, create a kind of a rich soup <laughs> mm. of language. And, you know, the, the uh, letter O, of course, you know, ends up being the omega, mm. which is the ultimate point at which God uh, encloses and, adopts everything in creation yeah now did a did a certain part of the poem stand out to you when you were reading it where you said oh i i know exactly what i want to do for that that it really just grabbed you <laughs> well the, the the poem the whole poem and there there were a lot of different parts but as far as no i you asked did i know exactly what i wanted to do i think uh that is exactly the opposite i had no idea what i wanted yeah. to do and and that was a, a a sticking point for me throughout the process but i think i mean we were talking about the creative the creative process that there is this you there's a spark and then you find that uh you're reacting to it and uh uh, uh charlie peacock wrote in um it was good making art to the glory of god about how that there's this this aspect when you're doing live music and that you say, oh no, we're falling, we're falling. Oh, we're not falling. And, and that, that there's that joy of that. I mean, you have that with riding a bicycle. And, and I think that that's, for me, the, that's what the fun of creativity is 
and art making is that you're you're responding to something and you 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 want it to go a certain way and then you try to get it going that way and then and then it then it starts falling apart and you have to figure out how to make it back i think uh that was really one of the uh in the end probably the thing that spoiled us most with this book is that it, it did come so well and easily for both lucy and i that i hate to think about what the next book would be because <laughs> even now, now we'd have to actually start working um not that there wasn't a lot of effort uh, and the whole university team has put a lot of effort into it, which is really lovely. But it, it is that it's a give and take that you have a vision for what you're doing and then you actually respond to what actually is happening. And usually those are two separate things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing to hear how smooth the process was for both of you, because one of my questions, and maybe, maybe we can still dig into a little bit, was going to be the relationship between suffering and creativity, because usually, you know, I've written a couple books as well, and man, I mean, it, it doesn't come out easy. You've got to like, for, you know, usually it, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of suffering that goes into it. So I love to hear it was smooth, but Ned, I know you said you didn't know what to do right away, and, and I'm assuming you then had to go through a few iterations of getting the pictures right. Um, what is it like when it doesn't just come right of way and you have to sort of wrestle with it and uh, continue to invite it to come out? What's that process like? Well, Christ talks about gnashing of teeth in, in the gospel. <laughs> that there, there's an aspect of that. Um, and and uh, yeah, like we, you know, Lucy had uh, referred to the fact that there were some changes that had to happen to her, her text. Uh, I, you know, I did this whole, all this illustration work before we even had the possibility of a, a publisher. And during that editorial process, I had to then go back and change one or two of the illustrations. So there were, there, it, it, it wasn't there, there was no suffering because of course, every pain, every, every act of that was painful. If, if I have um, this, the art for this book and for my St. Nicholas book in my gallery right now. And I insisted on including the picture that was pulled. So it, it's hanging up. Whether anyone gets to see it in, in print, you know, there, if you come to my gallery, you can see it. That's right. Um, but it's, uh, wait, I missed, you were, you were asking me something else and I took so just, a deep tour. How do you keep sort of working through it then when it's not coming, you know, when you're, when maybe... And oh, maybe yeah, it's not even teeth. just in this yes. book. Yeah, like how do you how do you stick with it? Is there something you do? Is there a place you go? How do you sort of continue to work through that? Um, I have a long-suffering wife <laughs> who, helps, uh, yeah. who who says who says um, you need to stop talking that way. Go back and get back to work on this. <laughs> um, I have a wife who, when I showed her the initial drawings for the Owen Hope. Cause I had this whole another way I was going to go with this. And I had, I bought new pens and I had this whole kind of like gestural brushstroke calligraphy kind of thing I was going to do. And she kept looking at it going, no, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. So um, a lot of it is just uh, critique. And, you know, even if it's not my wife, I, I'm in community with other artists who I will show work to. And uh, a lot of times it's just getting that, that feedback from other artists in your life or other other um, folks you trust to say, yeah, this is good, this is not good, and um, which is which is hard because I work by myself. I'm on the third floor of my little row house, and uh, to get that kind of feedback is a challenge. But I think a lot of it is that. And then for me with this project, what kept me going, uh, and in fact moving into a whole nother 
medium. Like I said, I never do cut paper. This is not, this is not my really? thing. Really? I didn't oh, yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kept going because it had to be done. And that's what I keep coming back to that when, when people ask me about this poem, uh, it just had to, it had to exist as mm -hmm. a kid's book. I, I just felt that, um, and I, that's kind of what drives me with, with a lot of my art making is just like, well, I just, this compulsion that I, it needs to exist. Or a lot of the books that we publish for my book publishing company, it's like, well, if this book doesn't exist, it's going to be a crime. And I think that that was that was how I felt about about the Owen Hope as well. Yeah. Well, I think Ned, you you you've got a particular calling, and you have gifts that fit with your calling. And I I guess I would say the same for myself because words are very important to me. Language is incredibly. Um, uh, I I had a lot of Latin in high school, four years of Latin. I had New Testament Greek at Wheaton College. And you sort of understand how language works when you translate it into a different language. And it's such a wonderful uh, gift that God has given us of language that can express something that seems inexpressible. Mm -hmm. uh, something so deep within us that has to come out that has to be spoken into the air so that that has always been my calling i think um i you know i had four kids under six at one point <laughs> and i God would bless read you. <laughs> <laughs> and then then 10 years later one more lovely yeah. surprise so yeah so uh having your own children and i know ned you have children too yeah. uh, and I think that that is a training uh, school for for writers uh, particularly for writers who want want to write to for kids now there were some words uh, in the original poem which we changed for instance what would a holy fool be uh, how would child understand that so we we mm. uh, we did some uh, minor editing in terms of the terminology. Um, and, and, you know, InterVarsity was really good uh, working with me. Uh, Alyssa was my editor and she was a lot of fun to work with. We did a lot of back and forth on email. Yeah, yeah she was great. I loved working with her. Yeah. I know earlier you mentioned the, the idea of it was just bubbling up and, and had to come out. Uh, do you ever have that sense, but then the, the right word just can't be found yet and it sort of takes some time? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a, po a good poem for me goes through, oh, maybe 10, 15 drafts. And then I look at it maybe a year later and I think, uh oh, here's something else that needs changing. It's. <laughs> It's almost like you're training a child <laughs> to be the best that they can be. And yeah, it, yeah so it's not, it, 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 it takes a lot of focus, a lot of concentration. And, you know, if you're writing about themes that have to do with our faith, with religion, with our understanding of the world as it is, uh, I think it helps to be a wide reader. And I, you know, I have, <laughs> I just got, I had a, I have a little library and I got rid of about um, uh, 
2,000 books recently. I put them in cartons wow. and gave them to friends. And now I'm sorry about some of that. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so words words and books. Uh, you, I mean, when God spoke to the children of Israel, they, he spoke in words with the Ten Commandments, and they were written on stone <laughs> to be given to the people and to be a guideline for their lives. And of course, they didn't always go along with it. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Well, to me, God created Genesis 1 tells us, right, with words. So it makes sense then that as beings made in the image of a creator who creates with words, that our words would have amazing power. And I am usually, you know, as you were speaking as both of you, and I know, uh, Ned, I know you were sort of nodding along when Lucy was talking about, oh, the math and science stuff wasn't as much me. That was much more me. So poetry is something that's not natural. And I'm trying to sort of um, enter into it and um, learn what it has to offer. So so Lucy, as you, as you write your poetry or read poetry, um, how does it draw you closer to God? In what ways does it sort of invite you more into God's presence? Well, it's, it's not as if I'm totally conscious of the Holy Spirit of God working within me. <clears throat> um, but it is my rule of life to be listening to God. I mean, um, this, is, this is what my life is about. Um, and, you know, I, I can tell when I'm getting distracted from my life of faith and when I'm going off in the wrong direction or getting careless in my relationships or whatever. But I, I find that most people um, will respond to hit, you know, we sing these wonderful old hymns that are so full of, of power. Um, and I think, uh, you know, we read this, I read the scripture in our church uh, two Sundays ago, and I could just tell um, the words have such amazing strength in themselves, and you speak them out into the air, and people take them in through their ears and their minds, and it makes this incredible connection between what God is saying and what we are hearing. So to have, you know, the scriptures, I'm, I gave myself the task of reading through the Bible this year, and I'm, <laughs> I just finished Job. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, but, but each, you know, each book of the Bible has its own particular uh, thrust or focus, and so I try... And listen for that. What is what is God speaking through the prophets uh, or the gospels? You know, um, how did how did God's word come to be enfleshed in human beings and then spoken out into the population, into the world? Mm. Uh, it's it's called inspiration, and that word has spirit in it, inspiritus. Mm. Yeah. 
And, and, and it seems then God is still speaking today. God is still inviting forth more yes. speech into the world. And I know, Lucy, for you, it's often with words. Ned, yours is often in pictures. So um, what, whatever kind of art you're doing, it's, it's a visual thing that you're offering to people. What is it about shapes and colors and um, putting together a picture that invites you deeper into a relationship with God? Well, for me, a lot of my, uh, I, I'm very verbal, very word-based. Uh, the, the, the love of books, the making of books is, is key to me. And just growing up in the church, the, the, the written word of God was, was really crucial. And I find that a lot of my work comes out of that relationship of how do I take something that is didactic and black and white, literally, and, and make that into a, a visual format. It's always, for me, the challenge, uh, one of my, my day job is a graphic designer. So I do a lot of logo design. And that is for me, a, a, a similar thing is how do I insert meaning into something that is, that is non-word based that will communicate those things? Because for me, I'm always wanting to, how can I tell you more? How can I communicate more? Um, like in the, the Owen Hope book, there's a bunch, all the animals are all O animals. It's not because that was in Lucy's poem, but it was this, it was this another level of meaning that I thought could be part of it and was there. It just needed to be shaped. And I, I think that that is always um, what's driving my visual uh, communication is this desire to to marry truth and meaning to uh, a visual format because it's it because it happens it's just it's just not an easy thing to do but that we it's just like making music you know that the music gets to us in ways that the word written world word doesn't and same i think as well as with the visual arts and these are all ways how can we use these as as vessels to to glorify god and that's really what what I'm thinking about and what's driving me. Of course. And of course, the word image, uh, you know, I always call imagination seeing an image, seeing pictures in your head. Um, uh, and, and the word image speaks of something visible, uh, not necessarily something you listen to, but something that you see. So, um, yeah, imagination, uh, it's such an incredible gift of God. I just hope we can uh, encourage the gift of imagination in children, uh, even if the, they get it wrong uh, and they will learn by uh, the mistakes they make. Um, so it, it is a process of... Um, experimentation and poetry is a lot of experimentation often i you know i'll get an idea for a poem and i guess i have a journal i keep a journal i'm always making little notes about phrases or i read something in a book or i read it i read the new yorker because some of the best writing today is in that magazine mm. it's not a christian magazine and often the stuff in there is not <clears throat> my kind of um understanding of the world but the language of their writers uh, a phrase will just jump off the page and 
say, aha, I've got to make a note of that. There's something there that I need to explore further. Uh, so, you know, words, <clears throat> God is the word. Jesus was the word. Yeah. <laughs> that wonderful first chapter of the Gospel of John. Yeah. yeah what, In the beginning, the word. <laughs> absolutely. You know, one of the things that's standing out to me about both of you is the the being tied in to noticing these things. Because I don't know that that's normal. Maybe you guys feel like it's normal because you're used to it. But saying, yeah, a word jumped off the phrase, uh, jumped off the page to me or a phrase or this just needed to be expressed further. I think those are the results. They must be the results of certain practices or certain th certain levels of awareness. Um, do you do you feel that way? Do you feel like there's anything you do in particular to be aware of the beauty of a word or an image or something? Because I feel like in our modern world, it's very easy just to jump onto a cell phone, to become entertained, to not pay attention to, ooh, that little phrase jumped off the page to me. Is that something you've each cultivated or has it just come naturally? Or how did you become like you are, I guess, to each of you, if that makes sense? Well, I would say that it's it's both. And um, I see this a lot with uh, my wife. Um, she's a poet and has been doing more and more poetry of late. And I find that when I read her poetry, she has taken note of something that uh, I did not see before. And I think I, I, this is one of the things we love about Lucy's poetry too. She takes these things that you've just walked by and just haven't taken a second glance at and says, stop, wait, this matters. And I think that that, again, is what, uh, I think that's what art in all the, the spheres is doing. Certainly visual art is trying to do that to make you stop and look. So I mean, some of it is, uh, just, yeah, I guess it would be inclination, but I think that it, it is something that you can train because as, I, as I've seen my wife write poetry and, and make me stop and, and look at a, a leaf, I'm like, I don't want to look at a leaf. I have things to do. I'm going <laughs> places. Isn't that, and, but there's this, this aspect of no wait and stop and see this has value. And I think if we believe that all of reality is, is made by God and is for his glory, that we should expect to see things that we don't expect to see. And, um, yeah. and so I think, so I think it's a matter of, of uh, inclination, but it's also a, a willingness or, or an expectation that there is going to be something to see. And then also giving yourself enough time uh, and boredom to, to look at things. Cause a lot, I think you mentioned our phones. I think that, that we are, I think we are training ourselves with cell phones and stuff. And, you know, I use a cell phone. It's not that, but it's a tool that we as a culture, I think, are using to desensitize ourselves and to unlearn what, you know, God has put into us, this uh, curiosity. You know, imagination doesn't happen if someone's force feeding you images and ideas all the time. Imagination mm -hmm. happens when you're sitting there, you know, with your, your kid and they're sitting with a pile of Duplo Legos and you're like, well, I've got these five shapes and I want to make a car and there's no wheel. So I have to, I have to start thinking outside the box. And I think that that's something. Yeah. Inventiveness. Yeah. 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 But that doesn't happen if, if, if you don't take the time or, and mm. if you aren't willing to say there might be another way to do this. Yeah. You know, I'm a, 
I've been influenced by Richard Rohr quite a bit in my own spiritual life. And at one point uh, when I was really discouraged with my, about my relationship with God, I spent two hours in discussion, in personal conversation. And he said, we were sitting by a window in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico at a, an image conference. And we, he looked out the window and he said, do you see that pebble on that path? He said, I can look at that and allow that. I can, I can focus on that for half an hour and let it speak to me. And I think to understand that the images, uh, the, the physical shapes and colors of things are so vital in terms of memory uh, we remember things that have those uh, shapes and colors that speak to us or that, that are unforgettable. And so just that, I, I love the idea that an image, and that's, of course, the heart of the word imagination. It's taking an image and allowing it to speak to you and to expand in your own thinking and in your mind and in your spirit. And this is very much connected for me with my walk with God and beginning to see the things that God is starting to show me that are new. I, I'm nearly 93 and I've, I've got a way to go yet in terms of uh, growing in God and learning more of what, what I'm called to be doing. Yeah. Mm. That's beautiful. I appreciate those insights from your own experiences. And so by way of a final question, you have this note at the end of the book. I think, Lucy, you, you wrote it based on what I'm seeing here. But one of the questions you ask, and I'm just going to ask each of you to maybe quickly share how, how, what you think about this, but it asks, what are some things, little or big things you hope for? And since this is a book on hope, um, I would love to hear just a little bit, maybe one or two things that each of you are hoping for. I hope that I will never be blind to what God has for me to show me. I hope that I will always be able to focus where God is uh, sending my focus. I hope that I will continue to love words and continue to write. I do have a new book coming out with Paraclete and the title is Angels Everywhere. And I love the word angel because it means messenger. So these messages come out particularly from the natural world for me. And you know, I have a green soul. <laughs> I'm a tent camper. <laughs> uh, being in the wilderness speaks to me from that primal sense of God's creation. And I hope I never lose that sense that God can speak to me through the creation, through anything, through sculpture, through paintings. Um, you know, we have such an amazing assortment of imaginative work that the world's creators have put into reality and how, how grateful we are. 
God is so generous. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, and I, you know, I've often wondered whether I could write another book that had a different letter and whether not O, but maybe A or Go B or something. <laughs> Do so it. you never know. Something may show up up there. Okay. Sorry. That was enough for me. No, that was great. Thank you. On, on that you note, now? I was talking to uh, a, a kindergarten teacher about this book and there's uh, she was saying how much she enjoyed using it for her O week in as they're teaching them the letters. And she said, you need to tell Lucy that she needs to write one for every single letter. I was like, what? I'm like, that's a lot. <laughs> and then and then the follow up was and I need a book of numbers. So so <laughs> Lucy, and I have plenty of plenty to work ahead of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the three, yeah. the whole Trinitarian thing could be a, a way to enter into the numbers. But Ned, what, what are you hoping for? Uh, that, that, that question seems, leads me in a lot of different directions. I, I want to just say what Lucy said and just, just quote that because I think um, if, if I can be a, a follower of God and see what he's doing and, and reflect that in, in my work, um, certainly there's nothing better than that. As far as this book goes, I, I hope that kids will, well, I know that uh, Alyssa said when, when she was working on the manuscript, our, our, our editor on this, that she showed it to, I think a nephew and they immediately started cutting paper and making pictures like mm. that. So I'm hoping that this will inspire creativity and, um, and, and, and uh, encourage children to look and see um, traces of God's fingerprints in the world around them. Yeah. Amen. Well, Lucy, where can people go? Where can we send them if they'd like to find more of your work and go deeper with what you're up to? Uh, well, you could send them to Paraclete Press. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, it's wonderful for a poet to actually find a publisher and it's not an easy thing. I have friends who are pretty good poets, but, and they say, okay, I need to get this into a book. What, what, how do I start? And you know, it's the catch 22 until you have a book and a publisher. I mean, you know, it's it's the most difficult thing in the world to actually speak to be. Well, I'm I'm not saying it right, but it's um, you have to cross a divide in a sense, and present yourself in a way that's uh, appealing, so that the publisher will say, "Aha, there's something here that needs to go out into the world to be spoken into the world. Something true, something beautiful." that will bring life and bring a sense of God into their lives. Yeah. Yeah. I have the same struggle. People will ask me, well, oh, you, you've done kids books. How do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> a, a miracle happens and yeah. God works in some mysterious way behind the scenes. And this happens. And I can't give you any more direction than that. But Ned, I love the fact that you've got this this other book with Santa Claus. Uh, oh yeah, that, that yeah, is that, that is so wonderful. It, it was a gift. It was all a gift. Yeah. So Ned, where can people find more of your work and what you're up to? Uh, the the place to find me most active is Instagram. I'm always putting up uh, new work and and uh, 
whatever I'm, I'm messing with at the time. Uh, as far as like official places, my uh, company website is Worlds and Images, as in the little island they get to in Voyage of the Dawn Treader right before <laughs> the end of the world. And then uh, Square Halo Books is uh, another one of my, I do a lot of book publishing company, book publishing through that. So those are the two places. And then um, uh, I have my gallery, but again, Facebook and, but Instagram is really the best place. If you see me there, you'll be able to follow all the other rabbit trails uh, and find my work. Perfect. Well, Lucy, Ned, thank you so much for taking the time to come and share with our audience today. Thank you for the O and hope. This was an honor and a blessing. And uh, hey, blessings in everything else. God bubbles to the surface for each of you. Oh, back at you, Phil. Yes. <laughs> All of those good things. Thank May you, that Phil. be true in your life, too. Great. Amen. Amen. Thanks for this opportunity. Hey friends, Phil here again. Before you go, I just want to say thank you for joining us for this episode today. You can find links to all of the things that Lucy and Ned mentioned at the end of the episode in the description below. And in that description, you can also find links to everything we are up to here at Rua Space from one-on-one -on -one spiritual direction to our Christ-centered yoga and guided practices memberships to Patreon, all places that you can go deeper with what we are up to help support the ministry. And of course, in one-on-one -on -one spiritual direction, we help look for the voice of God in your life. And I'm happy to set up a free call with you to discuss what that might look like and if it is right for you. So check out some of those links below. Friends, thanks again for being with us here today. Until next time, grace and peace be with you.